Oh là là, il pleut. Il pleut, um, oui. <laughs> sorry for the remedial French. Um, <laughs> welcome <laughs> to Tournament in a Tea Break, Day 11, otherwise known as uh, Noah's Day. Um, it has rained pretty much non-stop since, uh, since I got here around about half past nine, quarter to ten. What about you? I left a little bit later than you. You got better work ethics than me. <laughs> so, uh, so, but I That's left a little know. bit later than you. But uh, uh, other than the time that I spent in the metro, I've been rained on pretty much all the way here too, and it continued to rain once I got here. It's a very frustrating day for not only us, but for the um, for the players and for the for the fans as well. They have actually said the French Federation have actually said that anybody with tickets for today um, will be able to come in free of charge and have access to Suzanne Longlen provided there are seats available. Now this is this is the thing because obviously by tomorrow we should have been into the semi-finals. Um, so uh, they on the one hand they're going to be a bonus because they weren't expecting quarter-final matches. Um, but yeah, it's it's there are it, ticket holders for tomorrow already. There are tickle, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so you know this is this is the mess that happens. But more importantly, let's look at who comes out of this well and who comes out of this not so well. So if we start with the actual players of today, so we should have had Halep and Anisimova and Keys and Barty up first, if my memory serves me right. So now they look at the prospect of potentially playing three days in a row. So we're on Wednesday now, so there'll be Thursday for the quarterfinal, Friday for the semi-final, Saturday for the final. Now, the women play three sets, so it's not a particular disaster because this is what they do on the tour. But if we look at the men, so we have Djokovic and Zverev um, and uh, Team and Khachanov will also have to um, condense their matches. Now this is where it starts getting tricky with best of five. Yes. So give me your insight onto um, who, who suffers and who comes out of this slightly better on the men's side. Well, before, before I get into the specific players, let me just say this. The problem is twofold. The one problem is that uh, the, the quarterfinals are played on different days. They are scheduled on different days to That's begin right. with, which opens the door for this type of mess. Correct. Which should not be. Wimbledon is the only one that gets this correct on the, on the second week of scheduling. And then, well, yes, when this uh, when this rain occurs, so now what's going to happen? Just like you said, the two the quarter the two quarterfinals of today will play tomorrow. It'll be fine if one of the players wins in straight sets. Yep. That'll be fine. They they they're professionals. They they've uh, they played majors before. If they win in three straight sets and they go out and play the next day, another three out of five set match. That is similar to uh, a, a WTA, I'm sorry, ATP 1000 series event where they might play a three-setter in the semifinal uh, and then another three-setter the day before and then maybe a couple of setters for the final. So three days in a row, seven sets, two yeah. days, five, you know, five, five sets, six sets, it's, it's acceptable. But, uh, but, I, but I think the problem begins if one of the matches go four sets mm. or five sets and then they're going to end up facing another player who may have played three sets in the earlier match of the day or, or a match that may have ended earlier than the five-setter. The recovery time will be less, the, the gas in the tank will be less, and furthermore, it's going to it's going to put them at a disadvantage, perhaps for the final, even the winner for the final. And I think that's something that we you know we saw how that cumulative effect um, affects the men. We saw it when Andy Murray made the final. He had done gone the scenic route more times than we cared to mention. And by the time he got to his first Roland Garros, Garros final, he he was spent. 
Uh, we saw it with um, Zverev last year, um, like three five setters in a row. By the time he you know, he made it to the second week, huzzah! You know, finally we get Zverev in the second week, and he was absolutely spent when it came to his quarterfinal with team. So we we can't overemphasize enough that this scheduling, uh, probably at the behest of um, television. Yes. has really royally screwed the players. But also, as you say, they are professionals. This is what they're actually paid a ridiculous amount of money to do. Yes, <laughs> and, and let's let's be honest. The, the, if somebody wanted to counter-argue counter our point just now that we're, that we're making is they could give the example of Rafael Nadal at the Australian Open uh, Finals about, what, 10 years ago, Ross? Is yeah. That it? Where he had to play a five-setter against uh, Verdasco because of, a, because of rain delay, and then the next day he had to come out and play Federer again in the finals, and he won that in five sets too. So it is possible, as, uh, but, but at the same time, that's, and, and that's rare. It's yeah. rare. I mean, you, you know, one example does not change the general rule. No. And, 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 and I believe it's in general, if you look at it, when, you, when players that fall into this situation do suffer, you know, it's, 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 a, lot, it's a lot of sets to play. At the same time, I will also say this, but, uh, in, but it won't matter um, uh, by the time the finals come if, if we don't have more rain. <laughs> but, uh, you know, having two days off in a row, the way Roger and Rafa are right now. I'm not sure if players necessarily like that either, well, but that's a different, uh, you know. Well, let, let's touch this because I've just come off radio, I've just come off Love Sport Radio, where we were talking about surely this helps Joe, And I'm thinking, I don't know that it does, actually, because she is a rhythm player. And she has gotten into this rhythm and she has gotten progressively better as she's gone. I think it's probably fair to say that, you know, she struck this uh, level from Diachenko onwards. Because that was that was a, a blazing display against Diachenko, Absolutely. and from that point on, she has been unstoppable. Now, you know, you think, well, she's had a day off, but it's it's not that simple. On their days off, they're going to have a pretty regimented uh, practice routine. You know what they're going to pra- what they're going to sort out in practice. Don't forget that you know if it's raining, practice is going to be curtailed. Yes. You know, I don't know if there are any indoor facilities that they use. They have they have access, perhaps they have access, but it's not the same. It's, no, it's no, not no, no, the same. no, no, no. I mean, we've obviously seen that, you know, if you look at Stuttgart, it's like playing tennis on a skating rink. So, so, you know, that will be impacted as well. Um, the nerves of a semi-final. I mean, Joe's been to two semi-finals, so I don't feel as worried for her as I maybe would feel for someone like Von Drusseva, who's never been to this before. Yes, you this have, is completely new for her. Yeah. This, this pattern in the second week of a major and having to take all of a sudden two days off. I'm not sure that Von Drusseva played any tournaments at any level where she had to take she had two days off between matches well, and, you know it, it's, it's just hard to believe the only one that comes to mind I think would be possibly be Rome where then everybody and I mean everybody had a double header that's correct that's the only that's the only recent but that's that's a double header in a week that's not a double header in the middle of a play play one day play you know have one day off type yes. thing so yes. um, I don't know that it's gonna but, but on the flip side of the coin for the two old men is this going to be a, an advantage for them? Because, I, you know, I know people come back to their age and I know people will throw their hands up in disgust and say, oh, you know, age is just a number. But actually, at the ages of 37, however old Nadal is, an extra day's rest might not be a bad thing, considering that that match is likely to be grindingly hard. Of course, yes. The, the, in, in the case of uh, Federer and Nadal, 37-33, the, the, an extra day of rest, I'm sure, is welcome by their bodies. I'm just not sure if it's welcome by their tennis, right. by their timing. And, uh, and, you know, for example, Nadal has been known to sometimes have a slow start in, in matches. 
Uh, Roger, not so much. He, sometimes he starts on top and he starts uh, fast. Now, you know, maybe Rafa is going to end up having a slow start because of the two days off and Roger gets an early break in the first set. It's possible. It's possible. The, the reverse is possible too. But the bottom line is when you have two days off, first of all, let's, let's, let's consider the matches they've had. Rafa had a three-setter that was as routine as possible. Oh, you're talking Roger, about Chigori, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Roger, you know, you were talking about uh, Zverev earlier with three five-set matches. How about Nishikori, right? But, only, but okay, so Rafa had a, as routine a match as possible. Roger had a much tougher uh, match against Wawrinka, but still got out of there in four sets. And I'm, I, I can't remember the time of the match. It was less than three hours, I believe. I'm, 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 wow. I believe so. I'm not sure. I, I might be wrong on that. But, okay. Uh, I, I don't think, I think both of them would be just fine playing with just one day in between. Well, now, the, again, back to your question. Is, is it welcome for their bodies? For their bodies, it's welcome. I'm just, again, I'm not sure that it's welcome for their tennis. Interesting, interesting. So, as we understand it, the uh, schedule will start two hours earlier, which begs another question. We may as well throw this in for discussion. You know, I've got an app just a simple app on my phone that basically says make sure you've got waterproof shoes and take your um, ultra down jacket and your British so carry an umbrella if I can look at the AccuWeather app on my phone at 7am tucked <laughs> up in bed please explain to me why an organisation with weather radars and meteorologists can't look at that same information and think you know what we're going to have a god awful day let's put the start time back a, li a little bit so that we give ourselves every opportunity to get play no i i agree with you and and it's not just uh, it's not just what you see on your app that morning or that how about just making the schedule that way you know yeah. in, instead of having a two o'clock start how about having a one o'clock start this is a this is a major where there is no tiebreaker in the in the in the final set what happened if the matches? What happened? What, what would happen if there were no if there were no rain today at all? Let's say we had a regular schedule. Let's say the first women's match started, and let's say it went to 13-11 in the third set. Mm -hmm. Okay, and maybe four hours. All right. So now we now, now you're at two o'clock. That match is over at six six fifteen possibly by the time the men come in six fifteen six thirty. What if they go to a fifth set? And it's just, it's just you know it would be so much easier to start the match at one o'clock. And I'm not sure anyone can explain to me and convince me that one hour makes that big a difference in television scheduling. I don't know why it's the two o'clock start is, is, um, is, uh, is used here at, uh, at the French Open at Roland Garros. I believe a one o'clock start or even a noon start would be quite feasible yeah. For for the tournament, and I mean, for most of us, that would that would be quite welcome. It would still be potentially a slightly later start than we've been used to. And, and when and when people probably roll their eyes and think, "Oh, for heaven's sake, what are you talking about?" An eleven o'clock start of play doesn't mean an 11, 11 o'clock start for the majority of journalists. Absolutely, there are people that will roll in for the start of a match, then they'll watch television, they'll watch tennis all day, and then they'll go home. But for the majority of us, we're in a good. I mean, I've been in at eight o'clock most mornings, so of that's course. three hours before play is due to start, just to get content up because we know that our content will get its most hits early in the morning on commuting time. So you know, there, it's there, a question of having access to Wi-Fi also. Absolutely, you know? I, my, my, the Wi-Fi in my apartment is like wet string. 
So, you know, it's easier to do the heavy lifting of putting a podcast up, putting the, putting the audio of the podcast up, getting pictures down from Getty and from Jimmy 48 Tennis Photography and, and intercutting all that kind of stuff. It's just easier to do when you've got, you know, predictably good Wi-Fi. It's not necessarily easy to do when, you're, when your Wi-Fi in your apartment is, is like a wet fish. And at the same time, <laughs> the, <laughs> and, and at the same time, some people may not be aware of that. We have material here at, at on site that we cannot that yeah. we cannot necessarily use at home. For example, I do a lot of tennis match and analyses, and and I do ten, you know I do tactical analyses, or and in some cases I do need to rewatch some of the points to make sure that I am not mentioning the wrong point. You know, I'm being accurate. And here we have on the screens we have access to matches. For example, you know, in in our in our podcast yesterday we said I'm gonna I'm ashamed to, to admit that I've only watched Kachanov mm -hmm. two uh, two and a half sets. So this morning I was able to go back and watch Cairns. Uh, the third round match, the first set, and now I'm going to go back again. Now that it's raining, probably watch maybe one more set of Karen somewhere else. So it, it it gives me an opportunity to to look at that, and all the statistics are up there on screen. So we have material here that we need that we cannot have access yeah. to while we're eating breakfast in the apartment. Absolutely, and you know, but I think I think that makes a difference. I mean, um, we'll cover this. We're, you're actually going to get a bit of a treat because we're going to um, take advantage of the rain delay to to bring you the other podcast that we were talking about of what the challenges are for smaller independent sites to try and keep up with the kind of content that, that, that people use. Uh, but in the meantime, we will keep our fingers crossed that tomorrow we see a full schedule. If you want to go back and hear what we actually thought about the schedule, please go back and listen to the Day 10 Wrap podcast. Um, and until then... Uh, we will bid you farewell and hopefully we'll have a lot more about tennis to talk about <laughs> tomorrow where Mert hopefully will be joining me again. I would love to. Thank you very much. <laughs> In the meantime, thank you for listening. You have been, of course, listening to Roz Satar. And Mert Artanga. Au revoir. Au revoir.